Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the South Side Agenda podcast with Charlie and Zan. Hope you guys enjoyed awesome last episode with Josh Nelson from Sox Machine Podcast. Again, big thanks to him. It was really fun to record. Lots of news. There's been lots of things happening in the MLB world, Zidane. What do we got planned for today? So, obviously, there was a lot of White Sox news this week. There's going to be some probably talking about the games in an open discussion, talking about some big important stuff with the White Sox. And then a little fun at the end because the start may be a little bit depressing. We're going to be talking about looking back on some of our hot takes from the offseason, we believe. I don't remember what episode, but we did a lot for MLB and the White Sox. Look back, how have they fared so far in the season? And on the scale of bad takes, where are they? So, Charlie, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so just one more thing on that. I think it's a really good idea. Obviously, I haven't asked it on this yet, but I think we're probably going to look back at the takes every couple months, if not every month, just a better, just a, just a good update. Probably not every month, but something like that. It, it's more fun, you know, more ideas for the second half of the podcast. But Luis Robert injured. I mean, it's devastating with him and Eloy. But I think... It's been a while since we, obviously, it was, well, it was a day after I went to the game. So a week ago tomorrow, we're recording this uh, on Friday. We have a game tonight as well. I should mention that Keller versus Rodon. Anyway, it's terrible. I don't know how running to the base, running to first base can injure you, but I guess that's what happened. Zidane, what are your thoughts? Like, do we have any options? Who are you looking at for a replacement? Obviously, we did sign Brian Goodwin. We might see him this series against the Royals. But I'll I'll actually start off. I don't think we're going to make any big moves. And if we do, we're going to have to give up a lot. But Zidane, I want to hear your take on that. Well, first, just talk about the injury. Uh, In baseball, it's basically a freak injury you never see I mean I'd have to think a while back to see a complete non-contact injury when just simply running to first base it was a complete tear of his right hip flexor it's the worst injury you can have with your right hip flexor it just sucks you know I don't think it really affects his trajectory as a player in May, obviously, that development we were beginning to see. Obviously, tack four months onto that to see that again. But to talk about replacements, I mean, there's not many options. There's a guy, both me and Charlie, definitely like Mitch Hanniger out there. Not much of a center fielder himself, but you can definitely put him in right or left or obviously a DH to free up some space. And then there's one guy who's been floating around in some rumors, but I don't know if Charlie meant to reference this, but to get this guy, we would have to probably give up a lot. Chris Bryant, I've heard. Yes, I've heard that. Exactly. Some rumors, some reports. I would absolutely love Chris Bryant to be a Chicago White Sox. I would love to see him in a White Sox jersey. Problem is, he is with the Cubs. And same as it goes within a division in any sport, you don't want to trade with your rivals. Two, his stock has risen way up because he's playing like an MVP 
has a thousand OPS, has nine home runs, twenty two RBIs. He's bowling out of his mind. And three, he's just a really good player. Even though he is on the last year of his contract, I mean, I can't really figure out a trade package that the White Sox could do. But who knows? Rakan, he's a pretty smart dude. Maybe he can figure something out. Try to swindle the Cubs out of Chris Bryant. I hope. I really do. But uh, those are really the only two guys that I can think of. As you talked about, Brian Goodwin. He's a pretty good player, I guess, for a platoon guy. Probably going to be good in the clubhouse. I don't really know. But uh, it just sucks, man. It sucks for the Wet Sox. And maybe we find a replacement. Maybe we don't. We shall see. Charlie, what's the next thing we have? Yeah, along with Robert, Engel, Adam Engel, another setback. We're not going to see him for the next three weeks, I've heard. Maybe a little less since we've heard the news a couple of days ago. But... That's that's gotta suck. I we put the Robert thing aside. Obviously, terrible. Don't want to play that down at all. But we were really, especially me, and I know Zidane was starting to hop on the angle hype train towards the end of last year. This guy is a top class fielder, and he was looking like a very very good hitter, or a guy that was trending towards being a very very good hitter, and. I'm high on him, and it's bad because I don't want to see any more of Lurie. We'll get into Lurie probably in the next thing we're going to talk about, but I don't want to see any more of Lurie. Billy Hamilton is only a running guy and maybe some fielding, but he offers nothing at the plate, and we need someone that can do both, and the two people that can do both were Robert and Angle, and they're both injured. Obviously, Eloy can only do one. He can only hit, but that happened a while ago. So I think that's that's a big point to bring up. Our two-way players in the outfield, our only two, have gotten injured, and Angle apparently got injured again or suffered another minor setback that will push him back a couple weeks. Because we heard, like, I don't know, it was mid-April or April around April 20th that we would see Angle in the in the start of May, but um, that obviously did not happen, and he suffered another minor setback. So, yeah, Zidane, I can also hear your you clicking your 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 mouse. That that's getting a little that's getting a little annoying. Sorry, guys, we're on Anchor, so we can't mute. So we were having mm-hmm. some lagging issues with Zoom, but that's that's my take. Um, Zidane, anything you want you want to add before we get into the dumpster fire that is Tony Larusa? We will definitely get into that, but um, it sucks really because I mean, Adam Engel, he was just starting to do everything right. He he was just sh- starting to show the progression of a player. You know, he's always had that base running skill and speed. He's always had great fielding. I mean, we've seen that from him for years. Last year, in 2020, started to show some power and some getting on base skill. He was a pretty good hitter for us. But then in spring training, he does it again. So maybe we're seeing like a full development. You're seeing some trend upwards. Then just to have, obviously, the injuries suck in spring training. And then he has a setback. I believe he had one setback and then another recently, obviously. And then for another, I believe, did they say three or two weeks? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's just you hate to see it because this was a guy we were excited for, and he would be probably so so useful to Tony Lewis and this entire team right now because he could play any outfield position. He'd give you great defense, great speed, and maybe even a bat. As you said, are two way players. Luis Robert injured, Adam Engel injured. Then I think about Adam Eden. You know, he's a pretty good fielder, but the problem is he's definitely cooled down so he's much. He's playing hurt play. as well. Exactly. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue, I believe, for a while now. So, he looks reckless in the field. Obviously, nothing like Eloy, but he's a guy that I'm worrying about. And, of course, he had a great start, but we'll, we'll see where it goes with that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, this outfield is a weird one. Who knows what we're going to do with this situation. But, Charlie, you want to take us to our next thing? Yeah, so we saw in the Reds game, the last Reds game that went into extra innings, some weird some weird decisions from Tony La Russa. First of all, he did not know the base runner rule when the last – well, the last player – so in this case, it was Liam Hendricks, and he was placed on second base. He did get advanced to third. Lurie was on first, and Lurie decides to steal. Now, I think we can start with that. Zidane, why would we have – I don't know if it was Larusa. It could have been anyone. Lurie could have just not seen the sign correctly. He could have just went because he was like, you know, I'm going to make it. Obviously, that did not happen, and it could have been Larusa or it could have been whatever, you know, whoever gave him the sign, or Lurie was like, all right, I'm just going to go. It could have been it could have been any of those uh, scenarios, but no matter what, we have not in in that point of the game. Obviously, it was pretty much whatever past the ninth inning. We did not hit at all. So why would we take a chance to get our second out of the inning when our bats were not alive at all? Zidane, why is that such a bad decision? Lurie Garcia, Tony La Russa, give us give us your thoughts. First of all, Tony Lusa not knowing the extra inning rule is bad. It's 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 bad. It's bad. You know, to think if a guy's returning to baseball, at least learn the new rules. I do get like it's a weird thing, extra innings base runner. He's, he's seventy years old. You know, he has too much baseball knowledge to add more. But I mean, come on, we have Liam Hendricks running the bases out there. Like, no. And then Luray, I'm honestly more critical of because I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Tony Lusa. Sure, he didn't know extra innings, but I still think he's a pretty smart dude. He knows something about baseball. I don't think he would have told Luray to steal, but who knows? But I mean, come on. You steal with one out in the top of the 10th? Yeah. Why? What are you going to say, Charlie? I was going to say, what happens if, okay, Lurie steals, right? Uh, he, he ended up stealing. What happens if that ball goes past the second baseman and it was like deflected, say it goes into right field, and Liam Hendricks is on third base and decides to run home and he gets injured? You, Jose Abreu, of course, that, that would have been the player on third um, if – if Larusa actually knew the rule, but mm-hmm. if Liam Hendricks gets hurt, 
the supposedly supposedly best closer in baseball getting hurt, adding on top of your injuries, obviously it's in a whole different side of the field because we haven't had any pitching injuries so far except Garrett Crochet, and he's off the IL. Hopefully we'll see him tonight. But if Liam Hendricks gets injured, injured, you're screwed. You don't have the you don't have the guy to absolutely pump fastballs in the ninth inning to to shut the door on you know teams like the Royals and Indians that are like really really hot now. I think that's bad that he didn't know the rule because what if the ball got passed and Liam got hurt? Obviously, same thing could have happened to Abreu, but come on, this guy stretched, did the splits, the first base, and the Rodon no hitter. He's made some crazy fielding plays. I actually want to talk about that because. Abreu was very underrated defensively. Um, you know, Jose could have gotten injured, but I don't think he would have. This guy, it seems like he can do anything. Knock on wood, because that would be terrible. But that's two out of the three. We talked about Larissa not knowing the rule. We talked about the Larry stealing situation. But Zidane, there is many, many occurrences where Larissa does not decide to pinch hit for a player like Billy Hamilton or Larry Garcia, who have been, I I, I don't want to say like Billy Hamilton has been bad hitting all season because like, that's just not who he is. And Larry Garcia has definitely not hit. Why not? Why not pinch hit, especially in the Reds game and later, later on. It is as much as a mystery to me as it is to you, Billy Hamilton. I will say I've liked what I've seen out of Billy Hamilton. He has been very useful to the White Sox. Does not mean he should be hitting in a clutch situation. And then Ray Garcia has been one of the worst hitters in all of baseball. Not just the Sox, not just the AL, not even the division. It's all of baseball. He's been trash. And you have him hitting. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I just, why? I don't know why. It's not like it's a veteran guy who's struggling. He's short. Lil Ray's a veteran. But, I mean, he's a plug-and-play guy that we've used the entire season. There's no reason to keep him in there. And Ed, the only thing is, Luisa saw a sign, like maybe saw a trend that he's going to hit or something. I don't think he's an analytical guy, though. I don't think he, he follows that because... If he did, he his decision would be more different, not allowing Rodon – sorry, I'm going on a rampage, but not allowing Rodon to throw 200-plus pitches in two straight starts. That is true. But uh, for now, I'll forgive him for that because it did work out. It did. It did. So, you know, we'll be – don't do it again. But it's fine for now. But, I mean, we've seen it in multiple games now this year where – just clutch hitting is not there. And then we keep in Billy Hamilton and Luis Garcia. And just to say this, I don't know if we'll be able to talk about this, Charlie, but I'll just add it here. I'm not that much of a hater of the extra innings rule. I'm just a hater of how the White Sox play in it. No, I, I, I hate the rule. I hate the rule. I'm, I'm going to put it out. That's fair. I mean, I do like extra innings, I the regular extra innings. But I can see where non-usual baseball fans can enjoy seeing, oh, there's already a dude on seconds, already high-paced. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I could see, obviously, I can see all sides, and everyone should be able to see all sides, because I guess both sides make sense, depending on how you look at it. Like, okay, Mad Manfred is like, I want the game to go quicker, so I'm going to 
put a guy on second base in the 10th inning. But I just don't think – I think there's other ways to speed up the game. We, we will obviously – we have segments about that. It's probably a good idea to do another one of those in the next coming episodes. But, yeah, that's – that's not a way to do. That's not the way to do it, in my opinion. But Zidane, go on with with what you were saying in extra innings. As you say, extra innings. I think there should be due on first instead of second. But that's a whole another conversation. Main thing is, I think we've seen it. Is it three times, Charlie, that we've seen the extra innings rule so far this year? It's around. Yeah, it's around three, maybe. Because if I'm, I'm say correct, three, three or four. Yeah, because I do remember maybe one or two against the Royals, one against the Indians, and one against, obviously, the Reds. But White Sox have just – I don't understand it. And with the extra inning rule, you got to think. Sure, that other team is starting on second. And Liam Hendricks did, obviously, lose his that game. He did get the loss. But, I mean, he only gave up two hits. Wasn't that terrible. Wasn't good. But doesn't deserve to get a loss for that. But – just the White Sox have not been clutched this year. Only like real clutch moment that I can actually think of is Adam Eden hitting a pinch hit home run against the Royals. Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal, my fault. He had a walk off. What am I talking about? But there's, uh, I feel like there's a couple other walk offs. Am I? Or was that the only one? There may have been one more. Now, why is my memory fading? I'll. We did get that. walked off. I do remember that, obviously. Yeah. Multiple times. But uh, my memory is failing me. I can't think of any other times. But just, uh, I, I'm, I can't understand. I can't explain it. Charlie, what else do you have? Yeah, I think I think that's. There's gonna be more moments, but I think we should both give a little talk on La Russa, just a final statement. Um, I don't think anyone expects this to be longer than one year or one season. Um, and I think that's that's what it's going to be. But is there a chance that like he just goes before the season ends? Like I don't think there is, but some people are saying that, and I don't think that's a possibility. But what's your take on that? I think that is nearly impossible because there is nothing in Tony Russo that I can see from what I know about him that says he's a quitter. He is a baseball dude. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the greatest managers of all time. He is baseball through and through. So I can't see him quitting on a team. Also think it's a problem we had before, but every talk about, I think he's come together with that dugout. He's come to like those guys. They like being around him. Jose, um, Jose and uh, Adam Eaton have came out. Especially, yeah. Some veteran guys. So I can't see him being just abandoning all those players, his coaches, like, <clears throat> excuse me, Ethan Katz. I mean, you can always see him together. I can't just see him abandoning this whole organization. Also, he's friends with Jerry Reisendorf. It's kind of why he got the job, so... Be, I, I just can't see anywhere in Tony Lewis's personality or ego that he would quit midseason. I do yeah. believe, though, that this is a one-season thing because, Charlie, if we didn't have these injuries, 
it definitely could have gone like two or three. But the problem is, Lewis is like, immediately when he comes back in baseball, he's put with one of the weirdest managerial situations. You got two of your best players, both in the outfield, injured. Now you got to slot some guys. You got to figure out when do I play your mean? Where do I play Andrew Vaughn left field all the time? It's interesting. Then what he was coming to, what he thought he was coming to, was one of the easiest bullpens. You know, you can move guys around. And White Sox have just had a roller coaster season. And I think he'll be like, after 162, he's like, I can't handle another season of this. Because I thought I could just sit back and, you know, when to play guys. But with some people slumping, some people injured, it's too much. I think it'll be done after one season. But, uh, Charlie, what's your take on Russo staying longer or not? Honestly, I think no matter what had happened, if we won a World Series or not, I think it would have been a one-season thing. Um, it's partly me saying, partly me wanting it only to be a one-season thing because this guy is old. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to put it like that. He's old for a manager. Um you can talk about young managers like Hinch and everything, but we, we talked about some of that last episode and other episodes. But I think I think that's my take. It's interesting, but we keep saying we're we're gonna wait. Obviously it's early. Come on, it's like a month into the season, a little more. But I don't one thing I don't wanna do is midway through the season, I don't wanna be saying, Okay, let's just wait, because that just that means that he's made some uh, more poor decisions and he, he can't afford to do that come on not knowing the rules but that's my take on it Zidane a while ago we did bold takes and that was really fun some of them are weirdly spot on and some of them are way off do you want to get us started okay so this is this is a very interesting topic you know I believe we did it can't remember in the off season yeah Around spring training, I think, when spring training just started up. That seems accurate. Thank you. So I'll start off with my first White Sox take that I said. It's kind of a sad one. I said, blankly, Luis Robert will win MVP this year. (laughs) This did not turn out well, (laughs) as most of you, all of you may know, you know out for four months doesn't usually win you an MVP. Who knows? Maybe he hits 50 home runs in 20 games. I would like to see that, but no. <laughs> so it, it's a waste to take because uh, baseball and Luis Roberts' right hip flexor said, nah, <laughs> not today. He'll have three in a row in the next three years, but not this year. So hot take, I who knows how it would have went if he didn't get injured, but he did. So that's obviously an L for me. Charlie, what was your first White Sox hot take? Sorry if you guys can hear the police siren. Uh, I hope they're getting Tony the Russo out of here so they can <laughs> they can put in a new manager. I'm not saying what for because that would be that would not be nice. But all right. First take of mine, I said Tim will prove that he is the best shortstop in Chicago. Obviously, below guys like Lindor and Correa. But, I mean, he's he had an injury really, really early in the season in the first series against the Angels. But he's actually looked really well, really good. Um, obviously, for most of these takes, it's too it's too early. But, um, you know, he's, he's looking really good. 
we'll get into the other shortstops, particularly Lindor, in a couple of minutes. But, yeah, I think Tim's Tim's probably going to fulfill that take. Honestly, I don't – I like Baez and how he plays, but I think by the end of the season, Tim will challenge for the batting title once again. Zidane, what was your second one? Uh, before we get to that, I think I completely agree with you. I do like how Javi Baez plays other than him striking out, which I don't like. But for my second outtake, and I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote this one because I said in my second outtake, Lucas Giolito will have a lower than two, reminder, two ERA and 300 strikeouts. And in my notes, I said, I straight predicted this dude to have the greatest pitching season of all time. That's not a hot take. That's a stupid take. I mean, <laughs> I think Lucas Giolito will be good. Will he be better than Pedro Martinez in the 90s? Will he be better than Roger Clements like five times? I mean, what was this take? I, I just don't understand. And I said it would be possible if he limits his off days. Problem is, off days you still give up like three runs. That doesn't give you a lower than two. I mean, this is a, just a bad take by me. I was, I was going through some hot takes, and I went with it. Yeah, I mean, that's I can't an interesting. Imagine one. how I said Luke Schilito will had the greatest pitching season of all time. <laughs> like he would have the greatest season. This would be automatic Hall of Fame because, just I can't understand it. Did this you watch ev- the no hitter? In like while we were writing the take, <laughs> maybe maybe I was just getting so hyped. Who knows? But I have no idea what this was. So I guess we'll go to Charlie. What was your second White Sox take? Yeah, this is this is one that we will see um, at come the end of the season. But I think there's some stuff to be said. Uh, I said crochet will be the most important non-starter for the White Sox. So in bullpen, in total. William Hendricks included, all those guys. Garrett Crochet will be the most important. He's gotten injured. Besides that, he has looked bad. I'm going to say it. He's looked bad. The location isn't there. The fastball velo is down, just like lots of other guys on the team. And all you saw, 101, 102, absolutely pumping against uh, the Reds in that away series. And we'll see where he goes. I'm still very confident in him. And also his fielding ability looks really bad honestly he's made a couple errors Zidane what, what do you think about that take um it it still could be a very good take the problem is Garrett Crochet has looked trash as you said you know Garrett Crochet is like a Roldish Chapman except the Roldish Chapman's playing really well but he's like earlier a Roldish Chapman where if his fastball is not working he sucks you know he's probably going to give up a home run Garrett Crochet I still I believe he still has like a one ERA. Yeah. But it's really mostly luck. And you say fielding. I mean, that's been some of the worst moments of the White Sox season, at least for me. Just he has been bad fielding. Like if you ground it out to him, eh, just give him the base. Like just it's basically intentionally walking him. (laughs) Just walk, have a sip of anything, you know, maybe play a golf game before you get there because he's not making that throw. (laughs) He's not making that throw. Tony La Russa can make it to first base before Garrett Crochet gets that throw in correctly. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's it's been bad for Garrett Crochet. I really hope, who knows, maybe he's back off the aisle, back to throwing one-on-one. We'd love to see it, but not yet. And then I think we'll go to my third 
final hot take for the White Sox, at least. I said Aaron Bummer will be the best reliever in baseball. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's early in the season. That's a Who good cares? take in the, in the offseason. I feel like that was reasonable. It was maybe, maybe, Charlie. But the problem is, I was listening to this episode. I compared him to Prime Pedro Martinez. You compare him like to it. Bonds, you compare him to Pedro Martinez. <laughs> I do, because those players are really good. But the problem is, Aaron Bummer, not once in his life, not even in Little League, I can bet, has ever looked like Pedro Martinez. Aaron Bummer's looked really good. But, I mean, what were these comparisons? What were these comparisons? Like, your hot takes look really reasonable compared to mine. Because mine are like, maybe, if you didn't get injured, impossible and probably impossible. And just to talk about Aaron Bowman this season, he has been, if I can describe it with one word, disappointing. His control, not there. Caves, eh. Like, he's played, eh, with a lot of walks. Not that good. Definitely thought it would be better. Same with Liam Hendricks. We'll see how that turns out. But an interesting take. And what I've learned from at least all these three hot takes is I've got to start. Excuse me. I've got to do a little less hot takes. You know, a little less comparison to Barry Bonds, Paige Martinez. A little more, you know, reasonable. But anyway, Charlie, what's your third and at the time quite controversial hot take for the White Sox? Yeah. I want to talk about Bummer for a second. I saw him um, when I was at the game. By the way, that was so fun being back. Um, me and Zanon are definitely going to go to the game and definitely going to go to a game this summer. It's going to be awesome. But um, basically, he looked actually pretty good. He only – I mean, he, he closed the game out and he was fine. And I think the control is his biggest his, – is his biggest issue. But now this take is before I knew – that Carlos Rodon would be back and absolutely throwing dots every time he he played. I said Dallas Keuchel will be the best starting pitcher for the White Sox. And obviously it was between him and Giolito at the time of when we said that. Did we have Lynn at that time? Because I Uh, I knew you. I do believe so. Yes. We did have Lynn? Yeah. Okay. Well, a little less reasonable, but still. I think Dallas Keuchel's actually looked really well. Like, really, really good. He's played well. And it's a reoccurring theme. Every single time we see him pitch, me and Zidane say, classic Keuchel outing. He had so many ground balls against the Reds the last time out. And I think if he keeps that going, like, no one likes to cheer for him or the people that hate on him. Obviously, there's not lots of Keuchel haters, but I know there is there is definitely a, a good amount on Sox Twitter. And they're like, oh, like, I'm. they don't say this, but they probably don't like him because he's like a flat, he's not a flashy player. He doesn't throw high velo. He doesn't have the craziest break on his pitches, but he has, he has a couple of good pitches and he can get the ground balls and he can get outs. That's all that matters. But Carlos Rodon going again tonight, I am so, so happy for that guy. And obviously no debate. He has been our best starting pitcher. Zidane, any thoughts on that? I I would argue this may have been your worst take so far, Charlie. Because surprisingly, I could I think you could possibly argue Dallas Keiko has been maybe the worst White Sox starting pitcher up until his most recent start. 
because you have, you have Lucas Giolito who, if you look at his art ERA only, you'll be like, wow, this dude's trash. He's like a five point seven ERA, but it's really, I heard someone say, it. I don't remember. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's someone on White Sox Twitter. Maybe it's Josh Nelson actually. Lucas Giolito doesn't have bad games. He just has bad innings. Yeah. So obviously you have Red Sox. I mean, Red Sox, you can just – it's a bad game. He did That not inflated his whole ERA. That's the only reason. Exactly. And then you go to the Tigers game next. If you take out that seventh inning, he gives up one run with eight Ks. That's a great start. Then uh, against the Indians or Reds? Indians. 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 I believe, again, it all comes in, like, one inning, either the 6th or 7th. I have no idea what I'm saying. But, again, Lucas Giolito has not been bad. Carlos Rodon has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Lance Lynn, same thing. And Dylan Cease, apparently, is really good, has control, and can hit. So, <laughs> Well, we, we haven't even talked about that. We have not. That let's Dylan little, Cease is the greatest hitter of all time. Talk about that. Charlie, I make a lot of comparisons, but uh, I think yeah. this one is fair. If Barry Bonds was a pitcher in white, he would be Dylan Cease. <laughs> I mean, he looked good. He looked the good. can hit too. Yeah, 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 but the Grom is too good. The Grom is just good at everything in life. We all know that. But Dylan Cease, I mean, Charlie, you want to talk about it because you've been on – we've both been talking about Dylan Cease – how do you feel about his most recent start? This guy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my notes actually, because I definitely had lots of notes. Give me two seconds. All right. So, I, at first, I want to say like we weren't really high on him last season. Like we always, everyone just says he has the stuff. He doesn't have the control, and that's what it looked like from his first start when I when I saw him play. But um, yeah, his control is now good. He changed his approach. His slider looked awesome. I want to say his slider and location, his slider and fastball location are probably his best located pitches, especially in that start. Um, it's pretty much all the slider, the the, the curve looked really well, re- really good. Sorry, and I'm looking at my reoccurring notes. It's just dotting the slider, dotting the slider, dotting the slider, and uh, that slider location, awesome and. I like the break on the slider sweeping away, and that's what I have for Cease. Finan, anything, anything to add? I mean, he has looked amazing because throws a seven inning complete game against the Tigers in the second game with the doubleheader, if I'm correct. Yep. Okay. Then he dominates, just dominates the Reds. I mean, 11 strikeouts, gives up one hit, and goes for two for three. I mean, I'm looking at his baseball savant page, and I mean, it just looks amazing because you see his fastball velocity, it's up there. His spin on on his fastball is amazing. And now, you now because of his – I okay, got to calm down. <laughs> I believe he's changed his pitch release. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. With Josh Nelson. 
he actually informed us about this. I don't know, but I did some research. If you look at the percentages with his slider, just it makes so much more sense. He's thrown 28% of his pitches are sliders. He throws it a lot. He's changed his pitch release. And to that, I think he's been able to be way more deceptive with his fastball, slider, curveball, and changeup. I mean, you just have to be super happy what you've seen from Dylan Cease. All right. That, that was a good little, little break from the hot takes. But I think we're going into our just all of MLB hot takes. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. All right. Now, this take, my ego will go a little high. But I said it. I said it, and I knew 100%. Obviously, the season isn't over, so I'm not going to go too crazy yet. But I said the Mets will disappoint. So far, they have been a little disappointing, Zidane. Would you agree? Completely. I think that whole division is a little weird. We talked about that in our division predictions. Like, it will be weird, and it'll come down to a pretty good finish, especially in the top two. Um, but we'll see where the Mets go. Obviously, they fired their hitting coaches. They weren't hitting too well. Zidane, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your next take? Uh, before we get into the next take, I just got to say, Charlie, I think you were more right than you even knew. Yeah. For my first MLB hot take, I had Aaron Judge will hit 50 home runs and have in 1,000 OPS. It's a if take, kind of, because Aaron Judge has played relatively well, but not amazing. He's been good, I guess. You know, we'll see definitely as the season goes on if he uh, heats up in the second half. We've seen a lot of players do that. It's kind of just up in the air right now. We'll see later down on the line. Charlie, what is your second MLB hot take? All right. My second MLB hot take was about the cover boy of MLB, the show, Fernando Tatis. And I said, Fernando Tatis will be the most disappointing player in the MLB this year. Well, Lindor said, nah, I will be the most disappointing player. I think partly, I mean, a big part of it is because of his contract. Obviously, he got a huge contract and everyone was like, especially Mets fans, they love to be, they love to overhype their players. And I think rightly so. I mean, Lindor, one of the best shortstops in baseball, one of the best shortstops in baseball. Um, Trey Turner, obviously looking really good now, but Lindor, definitely, definitely the most disappointing player. Zan, do you know the the streak he had? It was like 0 for like 20-something. 0 for 26 until one hit in the ninth against the Cardinals, I think, <laughs> two days ago. Yeah, and Tatis, I don't think he's been great, but he's been solid. And obviously with both of the both of both Lindor and Tatis, we'll see where they go from here. But Tatis, I think it could be doing a little bit better. And Lindor obviously definitely the most disappointing player so far is that what do you got next? Uh just to talk about that, I think Fernando Tatis, he's been pretty good offensively, just terrible defensively. And Francisco Lindor, who now that he's ended his hitless streak, so he can heat up. He has been walking a lot, so we'll see. But he's been pretty trash throughout most of the year so far. My second MLB hot take is Juan Soto will win over who will hit over 400 this year. And I just said this is the same with Judge. I mean, Juan Soto has played relatively well, not what you expect from the arguably best hitter in baseball. But who knows? Like, he can heat up. I mean, we're a month into the season. For a guy who's not playing terrible, 
he can absolutely heat up. You know, be... um, I think that's it for Juan Soto. You just gotta wait and see. Charlie, what is your third and final hot take? I said the Red, the Rays will disappoint finishing third. Obviously, they're in second, eighteen and fifteen, a record behind the Red Sox in first place, who are surprising. Lots of surprises this year, like the Royals, and there's a couple other teams. But obviously, we'll see where that goes. I've never been high on the Rays, but their bats are looking actually decent, better than how they were last year, I think. And if a Rosarina can go back to, how's it, I would say, Barry Bonds, like how he was in the playoffs, I think the Rays will get even better because obviously their pitching is pretty decent. Um, I want to mix in. I remember I predicted the Angels to finish, what was it, third or fourth? And they're currently in fifth, 13, and 17 record. Obviously, I actually like the Angels. Obviously, I love Trout. Shohei's a sick player. But I think that take is going to be correct, honestly. I think it's really, really early. But I was never high on the Angels. But Zidane, give me, give me your thoughts. Uh, it definitely could be correct. But the interesting thing is Astros, Astros have been a really streaky team recently. You know, I think in 10 games, like, they won eight out of the 10 games, and then they lost eight out of them. So, who knows? That division is a really weird one. Like, the A's won 13 straight, I believe. Went on a losing streak, kind of went back up. Who knows? Rangers have started playing baseball well. Angels, I think, I want them to win the division because they're just a really fun team. You know, Shohei Tani, super fun. Mike Trout, best player in baseball. Anthony Rendon, very good. But before we run out of time, my final MLB hot take, hottest of them all, my favorite one of them all, and quite wrong, was that the Cleveland Indians, who knows in the future, team will be the worst team in the MLB. And as much as I like, as <sighs> running out of breath here, as much as I like this to be true, it's completely wrong because I believe they're in first currently, Charlie. Correct me uh, if I'm yes, wrong. Oh, yes, they are in first. As they did sweep the Royals, we lost to the Reds. Very close division. But again, they're not the worst team in baseball. I don't know. You know, nothing's really surprised me. I, I knew that this was a hot take coming in. I knew that it was kind of stupid, you know. But yeah, I just wanted I would say to say stupid take more than a hot take. We, we definitely argued on that episode. Thank you for being so polite, Charlie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who cares? It's the Indians. I don't like them. I'm <laughs> going to predict them to be bad. I hope they're going to be bad. And even if they're good, eh, you're Cleveland. So have fun in there. Charlie, <laughs> you want to end this city? You want to end this episode off? Yeah, that, that was a fun one. Obviously, we'll be back next Friday. Game tonight. It's currently 4.30 as we're ending this episode. Keller versus Rodan. Tim, his awesome bat flip was against Keller. Um, a couple years ago, so that's going to be fun. We always hit Keller well. He's two for three. Obviously, record doesn't really matter, and ERA isn't that big of a stat either, but he does have an eight ERA, so hopefully we can kill the Royals tonight and hopefully make a push for first place in the next couple of days, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.